0: Hello, my name is Nina Jankovic. I am the Disinformation Fellow with the Wilson Center.
1: Uh, and I'm Tadeusz Kicchan. I'm a PhD researcher at University College London um, dealing with uh, Belarusian political and economic elites.
0: And we are here today to talk about the ongoing situation and crisis in Belarus, which is looking more and more interesting by the day, I would say. Uh, today is the 16th straight day of protests in Belarus. And uh, today we saw, I would say, a bit of a crackdown. Um, There's been a bit of an ebb and flow from the side of the government in using force. But uh, today, two main protesters, leaders of strikes, were arrested. And we've seen um, more arrests than in recent days. So, Tadeusz, I'm wondering if you can kind of bring us up to date. What is most surprising to you as a researcher in uh, these movements so far?
1: Uh, Well, First of all, I would say the scale because you know uh, Belarus has been like in sleeping mode for the past 26 years. When obviously was with, uh, 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 with some, there were some protests in 2017. This when Lukashenko introduced his, uh, his infamous anti-social parasite tax. There were protests in 2010, but nothing quite like we've seen uh, two weeks ago and it was, we've seen last Sunday and this Sunday. Uh, so it's definitely the scale, but also. Another thing that's been noticed by many, many observers, both in Belarus and, uh, and abroad, is um, the role of women in, uh, in, in, in this Belarusian uh, sort of ongoing revolution. Because, you know, when the, the way Svetlana Tikhanovskaya, the, the main opposition leader who's now in Lithuania, uh, like she stepped in in place of her imprisoned husband, and the way she was joined by the other two women from um, the the campaign teams of other third candidates. And formed the female trio. And then after how after the first two days of, uh, of violent protest, uh when everyone when it looked like uh, it's all over for the protesters, and uh, how women once again stepped in, and how all over Belarus they started forming these solidarity chains, and uh, how they reignited the protest is it's 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 very inspiring and it's a very remarkable feature of, of, of Belarusian revolution.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Let's, let's, let's call it this way. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely been inspiring to watch from here as well. And I think not coincidental that women were able to unite a notoriously fractious opposition in Belarus around very simple subjects, which is, you know, the right to be heard, the right to make your voice heard without the threat of violence. And I think from my perspective, that seems to be what continues to drive people out onto the streets even now. But we do have this looming specter. Uh, somewhat encouraged, very much encouraged by the Lukashenko regime uh, of Russia and what Russia might do in response to all this. Now, it doesn't really make sense for Russia to intervene at this point because, first of all, there's no love lost between Lukashenko and Putin, but... Uh, we also know that the opposition hasn't really made their, their foreign policy preferences extremely strongly. In fact, they've said that they want to continue a multi-vector foreign policy. So intervening on behalf of Lukashenko is, is not necessarily the, the smartest thing for Putin. Uh, I'm wondering, Tadeusz, what do you see? What do you think the calculations are in the Kremlin right now?
1: Well, I think that obviously different groups uh, in Russia they want different outcome of uh, of, of the recent protests. Uh, some would prefer Lukashenko to to be ousted. Uh, mostly the oligarchs would like to take part in the privatization process. But uh, it seems that at this point the main Kremlin's political line is to support Lukashenko, whatever it takes. And then uh, when it comes down to write check, uh, a pretty expensive one, uh, because you know a weak and illegitimate Lukashenko is it would be the, the perfect outcome for the Kremlin. Um, but at the same time, you know, we need to keep in mind that some consensus might be rich between Russia and Germany, uh, who's another major player in the region, because uh, the figure of Lukashenko became so toxic, uh, it's impossible to engage in any deals with him. Um, so I think um, but, you know, even today we can actually see some moves that would indicate that Russia is fostering a pro Lukashenko oh sorry, post pro Russian force, like uh the creation of a pro Russian political movement by the leader of the Liberal Democratic Party, uh mm-hmm. Alek Edukevich. So uh Russia keeps its options open, but at the moment it definitely supports Lukashenko. Yeah. That's how well, I see it.
0: Yeah, and it seems like um, we might be heading towards some sort of negotiations. There are U.S. diplomats, including Deputy Secretary of State Steve Begun in uh, Central Europe this week. He was just in Lithuania with George Kent, the Deputy Assistant Secretary of State for Europe and in particular for Belarus today. And I believe they're headed to Moscow next. So lots to keep an eye on. What are you keeping an eye on uh, in terms of the protests themselves this week?
1: Well, uh, tomorrow there's gonna be the anniversary of Belarusian unofficial Independence Day. Right. So uh, we will already have uh, calls on Telegram, you know, for people to to take to the streets yet again, you know, to to show that uh, you know the protest is not fading away. You know, for those for whom uh, last Sunday was not enough. Uh, so we'll see more protests, but at the same time we'll see more attempts by Lukashenko to to. I don't know. The strikes are his major concern, but the protests are, are, you know, are a problem for him as well.